I've spent the last few years working for one of the largest shockwave clinics in North America, and I've learned a thing or two about the power and untapped potential of regenerative medicine. But the march towards a future where sickness is healed from its root cause is challenged by the influence of big pharma and their deep pockets. So now we're forced to answer questions like, how do we get rid of joint pain, take back our performance in the bedroom, and heal diseases from the inside out without band-aid medications or negative side effects? This show will give you the answers. Follow along as I interview the world's top experts and doctors and how they transform their lives and their patients' lives using the newest advances in biotechnology. I'm your host, Austin James Wolf, and you're listening to Modern Biotech Radio. What's up, Rocket Nation? Today, I'm joined by Marnie. She is the founder of The Wing Girl Method, and um, uh, she had a great tagline. Marnie, thanks for uh, joining the show today. Thanks for having me. I love that I'm staring at you with a whole bunch of like <laughs> rockets behind you. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to call it a paparazzi wall and then our business partner's like, no, it's a step and repeat. I'm like, okay, geez, it's not a paparazzi right, wall. Whatever, but it, it's so funny. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. We like it too. We really geek out over that stuff. Um, so yeah, Marty, I, I was looking, there was a tagline in one of your emails. It was, um, uh, what woman, what was it? What women want straight from the source? A woman is—is is that the tagline of the Wing Girl Method? Yes, I have a million taglines actually. <laughs> with that is like, so get your information about women straight from the source. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, so why would you go to a man if you want advice on women? There's definitely things that you would go to other men for that women wouldn't typically give you honest feedback on or honest advice on. Right. But if you really want to know what a woman is thinking, you have to pick the right woman to talk to. But that's where you'll get the true information. Same thing on the other side. Like my female friends come to me and ask me specific questions about men and I'll turn to my husband and say, what's going on? What is this guy really doing? What's he thinking? Because he knows what's really going through that guy's head. Right. Yeah. Probably sex or something else. You know, exactly. not, to, not to generalize everything. You know what? Sometimes I am shocked. Sometimes it's not. And that, that's like a big myth for most women as well. We think that men are mostly just thinking about sex, but it turns out they have other thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, surprisingly, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, you know, it's always best to go and talk to the opposite sex when you want real answers. Right. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, well, for those listening who have never heard of the term dating coach before, I'm sure they've heard of like therapist or sex therapist. Uh, what's a dating coach and how is it different from a therapist? Oh my God, it's so different from a therapist. So people will come to me with all of their anxiety issues and I'll say, I'm not equipped to help you with your major anxiety. Go right. to a therapist for that. But if you want to figure out where you are making mistakes in dating, uh, things that you're not seeing that you may be doing while going through the dating process or even through the process of interacting with somebody that you have an interest in or your significant other. Right. Um, that, that's what we can help pinpoint. We just help make that, that well, for me, I'm at actually an attraction coach for men okay. where I help them attract women, whether they're single, dating, in a relationship. So for what I do, I help them by offering up the female perspective on what's going on as well as give them the skill sets and tools they need to attract women without being a jerk and <laughs> a douchebag and a big old wimp. So, right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, if you're dealing with a guy who's uh, single versus a guy who's in a relationship and just wants to re-up the passion with his partner already there, is it the same tools and strategies or do you have different tools and strategies depending on oh, what they want? Different. So, yeah, when guys come to me and they say, my wife hates me, she doesn't want to sleep with me anymore, we haven't had sex in about 
eight months. She's always tense about me. How do I start flirting with her again? Right. And I'll, I'll typically say, you, you can you know, flirt till the cows come home, but she's not going to be responsive ah. to that until you figure out what's going on and address her emotional need first. Once you can get to the, the core of the emotional need and reconnect with each other, yeah. then she will be open to your flirting. There are some instances for sure that flirting could just solve the issue, but you have to figure out at the core what her needs are and what's going on first. Right. I'm sure if there's some sort of emotional need that isn't being met, like, oh, you're not listening to her whenever she's talking, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Or, but if it's something where it's like, oh, you're just not being playful anymore, you know, I'm sure that's maybe a case where flirting would be very advantageous. Absolutely. Or you don't see me as feminine anymore. I'm your milk machine who raises (laughs) your children and runs all the errands for you. And you haven't made me feel sexy in the last you know, 25 years. But that first, most of that requires a conversation. But the attraction phase for um, people who are just starting to meet and starting to date is a very different dance. That is all flirting, all fun, about 20% connecting that slowly and gradually grows as you get deeper and deeper into the dating process. Right, right. And that's, that's something that's always been near and dear to my heart is uh, dating coaches and dating advice. I was, uh, not to go too deep, but I was, you know, super shy kid growing up, you know, uh, I, this is something I don't really, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is something I don't talk about on camera quite often, but um, I used to have very, very, I guess, um, I don't know if it was high functioning or low functioning. Uh, I had very bad autism and it, it, uh, it really hindered my ability to socialize with other people. And really? one th- yeah. Yeah. Surprise. Most people don't like, they never like one out of 10 people can tell just some uh, quirks that I do. But, uh, one thing that really helped me, uh, I guess come out of the social closet and socialize with people and learn how to socialize is, is dating advice. I really wanted a girlfriend. That's like all that I wanted in the world. So, uh, you know, I read up on, you know, I, I bought one of those eBooks, you know, and like go in the world and say hi to people. I was like, Oh crap. So I'd like run up to people and like say hi to them and like run away. Cause I was so scared. Uh, but doing that over time helped me become very social. So uh, this is actually probably- I, I'm not on the spectrum at all, but that, that was my journey as well. That is, really? so, I have a million questions for you now. But because <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I would have, and usually I can pinpoint that very quickly. So yeah. I'm, I'm very surprised. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, this is probably one of my favorite topics in the world is, is, is socializing, especially when it relates to attracting a partner because that's one thing I'm very passionate about. Um, so it, let me ask you this. If, if you were working with a client like me and I was super shy, super introverted, never really talked to people I've never talked to in my life before, like I only talked to the same group of people. Um, and if you have this guy and he comes to you and he says, help me get a girlfriend, what sort of advice would you give him or what, what sort of exercises would you have him do? I would start at the very beginning where I would help him be more comfortable around everybody first, not just women. And then I would help him build up his lifestyle a bit so that he has options and he sees that he is a man of value. So getting him more involved in other activities and uh, finding him more spaces to interact with people and women and just build up his own inner value, which is a very short process. It sounds right. like it's like a you know, year long process, but it's actually not at all. Cause it's something I did for myself. When I felt that I was higher value, that's when I was able to open myself up to other people and pull in people of higher value. So what I mean by that is when I was really shy and I didn't think very positively about myself, I didn't see the people that were around me. I only latched onto those that kind of felt the same way, were equally as uncomfortable, probably equally as negative, um, and didn't, didn't see the world as a world full of options of people that I could potentially be with. I just took 
what I could get. So I would help people open up their world a little bit. And then after that is when we would work on getting a girlfriend, figuring out what that person wants, how they define a partner. Again, it sounds like a lot of work, but it's actually not at all. All of it is in your head. All of it is in your heart already. It's just about putting it on paper or putting it out there into the world. And then once there's like a little bit of a plan of attack and some confidence intact for yourself, then we'd start working on some of the skill sets that are needed, how to approach a woman, how to have boundaries with women, um, how to talk to women, how to connect with women and slowly build from there. Right. And I'm assuming like that last part is, that's all like, like top level stuff, like, you know, just the icing on the cake. It sounds like uh, all the work you do before is the most important part. Is that right? It really is. And I know mm-hmm. I used to like laugh at that stuff before where I was like, oh, right. come on. I know people just want to like date girls. Why am just I? Just give me a phrase I can say. Right. Exactly. So like right now I'm writing these scripts for my YouTube videos and yeah. um, I'm trying to give guidance on how to, how to sexually escalate and how to talk dirty to women. Right. And like... <laughs> It's really difficult for me because in, in the past I would have said, here are five lines that you can say. But as a, as a woman, I know that like you can't say those lines. If you, if you don't have certain things in you, they will not be delivered well and you won't know how to handle it once she responds back to your lines, either in a positive way or a negative way. So there, there is like a base that you have to build up first before right. these things become natural. And, and once the base is built up, everything becomes more natural. Because the base clears away all the BS that you've been thinking about yourself in a negative way. It helps you figure out who you are, how you want to express yourself, how to ask for things that you want. And so once you can do all of those things, there's no questions anymore about like, how do I talk to this girl? How do I text her? You just act from that same place of of having a better understanding of who you are and going after what you want. Right. I 100% agree. I know that... um, uh, I'm sure you've heard about this book. Have you ever read The Game by Neil Strauss? Of course. Right. So I know in the book, like they talk about like, oh, you got to use like these different tactics and it comes across as like manipulation. And I think that it sort of gave this business a bad rap because, you know, there were yeah. a few select influential people using, you know, manipulation tactics uh, to get what they want. And not only does that not work in the long run, but um, I think that most uh most dating coaches, or, you know, the good ones, recognize that, okay, no, 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 step back. First, it comes from self-improvement. Self-improvement, yeah. uh, you know, turning yourself attractive from the inside out. That's like the most important part. And then, yeah. and then you know, there, there's like some stuff that you can do like, okay, when, you know, if you see a really attractive woman, you know, just, I know that there's this thing called the three-second rule. Just go and talk to her, you know, because the longer you wait, Yeah, there, but I, listen, I, I am not anti-pickup materials when I <laughs> game I was like this is wonderful right it's, yeah it's like it's psychological materials it's about how you use these things that right. become negative so like many of the ice breaking techniques that were taught or are taught in the pickup artist world are wonderful yeah they're very fun yeah and they're fun and they're engaging and I've had them done on me and I've I, I I know that I respond to them even if I've heard them a million times if that person again at the core values himself, right. has good charisma, is comfortable in his own skin. And he starts saying like, okay, are you guys sisters? Are you guys best friends? What's your story? Like, I know that you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, people, that's like, that's like one of the tactics to use. It, it, it is based in psychology and there's nothing wrong with leaning on psychology to help you socially. 
especially don't naturally know how to do that. For me, you know, I'm immersed in that world. And so right now I'm in the new space of being at a kindergarten because my son is in kindergarten and I have to make all new friends and I have to lean on some of those tools. Right. Right. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful thing that I have. I know that saying somebody's name two times in a conversation makes them like you more. I know that putting your hand slightly onto somebody, either on their shoulder or their arm, makes them feel more connected to you. And I have no problem using those tactics to help me be more comfortable and help others be more comfortable with me. And my intention is good not to like screw them over later as other parents. So I like, I just want to like dive into that because I think that so many pickup artists do get a bad rap for some of these things that they use, but it's the way that they use. Are you talking about it's, it's their intention behind what they're doing? To be honest, their intention is actually not to manipulate. Mm -hmm. It is just to get something. It's to either feel good about themselves, get a woman that, you know, that they haven't been able to get in the past. Um, I think what happens is, is that it becomes a sport and women get objectified mm. and demeaned and used I see. and, you know, set aside afterwards. Again, that's just, that's just the way that these people are handling the situations afterwards. Right. Um, the tools that they use to attract people are still wonderful. Right. They're, they're, there's tools. They're neutral. It's like using a hammer to build a house that shelters people or using a hammer to hurt somebody. You know, it's just, it's just a tool. Oh, that was perfectly said. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. One thing, um, you know, me, I'm naturally introverted. So like my natural state, if I'm not trying to self-improve or get out of my comfort zone is I just want to be at home, watch Netflix, read a book. Um, I'm reading this book called Atlas Shrugged. It's like, oh, it's so good. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, when I go to parties, I'm naturally uncomfortable at first. And so, uh, my girlfriend, she noticed this. She's like, Austin, whenever you meet new people, you do this thing. I'm like, what? She goes, you always, you always ask them more about themselves. And I was like, oh my God. And like, I know exactly what it does. And I didn't used to do about that. And I remember I learned somewhere down the line, like if you're genuinely interested in in someone else, they're going to be interested in you and you're going to have a better connection. And, and apparently I ask all the same questions when I meet new people. So it's like, huh, that's, it's interesting that she notices that, but, uh, but it really helps me get more you know, comfortable and connected yeah. to all these people. I'm the exact same way. I have my same routine. With <laughs> yeah. I have my same five jokes that I like reuse with different people. It's because I know they work and it, it, at the end of the day, it makes me more comfortable. So in moments where I am, I am uncomfortable, I can utilize those things. That's the right. wonderful thing about, you know, collecting a tool belt of tools. You can use them whenever you need them. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to ask is if there was a guy and he's super shy and you wanted to help him uh, not only see the value that's already within himself, but build more value, how would you, like, what was, what's the first thing you would do uh, to sort of help transform him? Well, the first thing that I would do if he was talking very negatively about himself is I would help him focus on reframings. So I had this one guy who wrote to me. I have an email coaching program Um, and he wrote to me yesterday and basically was beating himself up about this one approach that he had had and it didn't work out. And I wrote him back. Oh, and he was also saying like how he was very high anxiety and he just kind of went on a rant. And I said to him, you know what? I'm not really equipped to handle really high anxiety. Um, But here is my suggestion to you. Why don't you take this anxious energy that you have that, that you're pushing in a negative direction and instead use this, 
anxious, wonderful energy to push things in a positive direction. So start by writing a list of 10 wonderful things about you. Right now, you're spending so much time focusing on all the negative things about you. Again, work that brain in the opposite direction. And that really just exactly what you did to learn all of these skill sets for yourself is to stop your brain, notice all the things that are going on, and then shift its attention to something else that's more positive. And sometimes it takes a lot more energy to do that because the negative comes more naturally. So when you write down lists of the awesome things about you, and when you start to notice your brain going in that direction of the negatives, like, oh, I'm ugly, I'm short, blah, 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 whatever it is, you pull out your list of your 10 awesome things and you rework your brain so new connectors are made. And then it becomes easier to focus on those positives. And then after you've done it internally for yourself, you can start to focus and reframe the way that you actually express yourself to others. So Mm -hmm. if you start making a negative comment like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to do that. Or something negative that puts you down while talking to another person, you can catch yourself. You can say, hold on a second. Okay, that was not good for me. And then you reframe it. And you go, you know what? What I meant to say was... At this point, I'm not so great at doing X, Y, Z, but I'm going to work on that. It's just a way to to reframe things for the more positive. And your brain is fantastic. Your your brain can like literally make new connectors. But if you're constantly connecting it to, I'm crap, I'm horrible, nobody wants to be with me, that's what your brain is going to believe. And it's going to look for evidence that believes those things as well. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, know, Tony Robbins, where focus goes, energy flows. So yeah. it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, what if a guy has a, a body image issue? Like he doesn't like something about like his face or something else that he doesn't like. Um, how would you help him sort of reframe his mind around that? Well, number one, the, you can work on the outside as well. So let's mm-hmm. say he doesn't like his body. You can start going to the gym. <laughs> right. Body be better. Yeah. If you're not happy with your face, there's different ways that you can wear your clothes or your hair, or your facial hair. That's the wonderful thing about being a guy. You can cover up so many things. And like, if 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 you have a really small chin, you can grow a beard. If you have a really big chin, there's like different ways that you can frame your facial hair so that it can actually look like your chin is a little bit smaller. Um, if you're not happy with your eye, like again, there's a million, a million things that you can do. But then at the end of the day, again, it's focusing on all these positives and realizing that as men, you're super lucky because women are not as fixated on looks as men are. And that's why a lot of men are so fixated on whether or not their looks are good enough. It's because those things are, 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 Sad, you know, sadly, not sadly, the most important thing that they're looking for. Women, women don't feel that way. Right. When a man has a whole bunch of other attributes that are, are wonderful to them, a man's face can start to shift. The most unattractive man can suddenly be attractive if he has other attributes to outweigh his looks. And plus, right. you can fix up looks. You can uh, yeah. always fix up looks. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about... Lifestyle. I know you talked earlier about like, okay, let's let's transform his lifestyle. You know, do some things that gets him out meeting new people. What is what does that specifically look like? Well, so I had um, a guest on my podcast, the Ask Women podcast, mm-hmm. recently. Ask Women podcast. And he, yeah, and his okay. name is Adam Lyons. He's also a dating coach and confidence coach, and he's fantastic. But so we we were talking about this topic of like, how do you become more interesting, and how do you shape your lifestyle so that you have more opportunities and more interesting things to talk about. And he said, and I thought this was actually genius. He, he said, anything I do 
is for my future grandchildren. Because at the end of the day, I want to be able to say, I did that when I was younger. Or you want to hear a story about something that I did when I was 24 years old, when I was 32 years old, when I was 45 years old. He, he collects stories that he can tell later on to benefit his grandchildren. That's how he frames it in his mind. And so if, a, if an opportunity is presented at him or he's scanning Instagram or scanning the internet and something cool kind of pops up and he's like, that would be a good story for later on down the road. I'm going to go to a rage room. I'm going to go to an escape room. I'm going to go to the batting cages and, you know, work, work my swing for the next week, whatever it is. He goes, yeah, I want to do that for the story later on down the road. And so he just collects experiences and, and, and it's all just about getting off your butt and trying to be more interesting. I watched um, Arnold Schwarzenegger gave this speech. Uh, I just showed this video to my son actually, where he was talking about how many hours there are in a day and how many hours people are wasting. And for yeah. him, when he was younger, he did five hour workouts every single day. He had a job and he went to school and he was able to utilize all of his waking hours because he had a goal that he wanted to achieve. Um, and that he was passionate about each of the things that he was doing. And there were, it was, everything was a means to an end. It wasn't like working out. It was, I am one step closer to being Mr. Universe or whatever it was. And so my point being is that I know that there's a lot of people who are exhausted and who are tired and who don't want to get off their butt or go out after work. But if you give yourself one hour every single day to go do something to better yourself and to better the world around you that you're living in, then you can make yourself more interesting. And that, that, that would be the, the first step is to give yourself that one hour a day to focus yeah. on learning a new skill or doing a new activity just to get yourself out there and interacting with more people and acquiring skill sets. I absolutely love that. I think that's, I think that's brilliant advice. I remember I used to, uh, I still have this notes in my phone. I used to keep track of all the adventures like I would go on. Um, when I first, when me and my uh, high school girlfriend broke up, I was like, well, shit, she was like my only friend. So luckily one of my old, yeah, one of my old buddies that uh, I'm also a child actor, one of my old buddies that we were on set together, uh, we ended up rekindling our friendship and uh, he introduced me to all of his friends and they were doing all this like crazy stuff, you know, like, like, <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about it on camera, but uh, this crazy stuff. And, you know, I would. What? I'm on here now. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, just um, oh, maybe some slight trespassing onto, you know, government, you know, property like uh, Griffith Park. Oh, is, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah Griffith all Park. Right, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Griffith Park. You things that are a little bit naughty and exciting and adventurous. I think that that's fantastic. That's how you feel alive. Yeah. They make as long for as anybody. They make for great stories and like we had a helicopter chasing us once and like it ended up being, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got some great stories like that, you know, and, and it never would have happened because I remember, your grandchildren. yeah, exactly. And like, I still have the notes on my phone and I still look at them every now and then, you know, I'm not, I'm doing it less and less. I really should get out there right now. I'm like really focused on, you know, business, uh, you know, planning great dates with the girlfriend, which, which I actually should be recording. I think, um, I think everyone I don't know. Tony Robbins has this quote. I quote him a lot because that's all I listened to when I was in high school. Uh, he's like, if life is worth living, it's worth recording. And I'm like, wow, that's mm -hmm. so right. So yeah. no, I think that's brilliant advice. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So your sort of, your sort of master plan to transform this, the super shy guy into, you know, like stud, stud, stud muffin, uh, transform his, 
the way that he thinks about himself, transform his lifestyle. And then once he starts acquiring these skill sets that he, that he really feels proud about, like maybe he takes like, you know, an instrument class or, you know, singing lessons or, or anything else that he loves to do. Um, Art classes, whatever it is. Yeah. What, what would be the next step after that? Okay. He's built this life. You know, he's, he's soup. He's living a super excited life on his terms. Not, not what's necessarily exciting to others, like jumping out of planes, but to him, maybe excitement is, you know, painting that perfect nude model. Uh, so once he has this sort of lifestyle down, then what's the next step? The next step is then learning how to interact with women or to learn to interact with others. So it's about, you know, how to approach somebody, how to talk to them, how to connect to them, how to start gearing your conversation towards something that builds attraction as opposed to a friendship, Um, how to escalate the conversation so that you can gauge whether or not that woman wants to kiss you or wants to go on a date with you or wants to do more things with you. Um, So that's where the, 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 the women's skill sets come into play. So once you have that foundation there, then you have to learn how to relate yourself to the opposite sex because, or, or to whatever sex you, you want to be with. Like right. no matter what, you have to open yourself up to others. Cause when you spend so much time focusing on you, you know how you work, you know what you like, but then you have to figure out how to work somebody else into your life and bring them into your world and also engage in their world as well. So that people don't feel left out. So that, oh, sorry. Um, uh-huh. And so that, that's the next step. And that's the, the, the major flow of most of the programs that I've created. It is discover yourself, activate your social life, and then gain the skill sets and tools you need to get what you want with women without being a jerk. Right. And that's, that's all stuff you cover in your programs, right? Is like that last in third step. Yeah. I'm, assu- I'm, assuming, right, right. I'm assuming you go through all the steps in all your programs, but... Um, but if guys wanted to learn more, uh, about like that last step, uh, I do want to ask you just a little bit about it, but if they wanted to learn everything that you had to know, uh, what would be like the number one thing they could check out on, uh, so I have a program called how to become a man women want, and that is like my flagship program that encompasses, encompasses everything. Uh, I did create it about 10 years ago, but so it needs a little bit of an updating, but most of the material that are in there applies to the dating world right now. And it comes with a week of email coaching with me. So anything that's sort of a little bit out of date can be cleaned out in two seconds because you get to work with me and talk about specific things that are going on for you and women. Um, And then the program that you were going to talk about afterwards is kind of the next step in focusing on that one area of building attraction, which is called the F formula. And it's the, the one thing that so many men forget to do when they're out with women is flirt. Ah, that's what the F stands for. Yes, the F. Yeah, exactly. So there <laughs> is, it's the flirting formula. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a way to interact with women so that you guarantee there is always chemistry there when other things align as well. So a lot of guys will go on dates and either they'll flirt inappropriately or they'll flirt in a very masculine way that isn't really accepted and taken in by women, right. or they won't flirt at all because they're afraid to do it. Right. And so they play it safe and they have a nice time. Right. The nice time. Yeah. Right. But they don't spark any attraction. And so the, the F formula helps guys to learn how women actually flirt and what they respond to and then gives them guidance on how to actually flirt with women and, and be okay with flirting because women are very open to being flirted with. They're not open to, you know, crude 
sentences being thrown their way or being over-sexualized or seen past, but they want to have a, you know, like a slow, fun, flirtatious dance with you and be playful and then escalate things to another level. Can you give us an example of the difference between some guy who's really good at flirting versus some guy who's doesn't know anything about it? Well, okay. So for example, if you are out on a date with somebody and the guy tries to flirt and he suddenly says, Oh, I'm sure you'd be like that in the bedroom. Right. (laughs) You had, which is a very flirtatious statement for sure. But if you haven't had anything that's semi flirtatious, Um, at a lower level first where she said, okay, I'll engage in this. Um, Then that's going to creep her out. Right. It's like, whoa. And probably close her off because she's like, to be honest, I don't really know how to verbalize what goes on for a woman. All I know is the feeling. Right. The feeling. feeling. I want to cover up my body right now. Right. And and that's all that it is. Um, it's, it's not that I, like you think, Oh guy, this, Oh God, this guy only sees me as something sexual. It's, it's not even that. It's just, I'm going to cover up myself right now because something negative is going on here. If, if, if I'm not also feeling that same way. Right. So the, you know, the, the lower portion of flirting is just like bantering with each other in the very beginning, being playful. And then at some point you could say something like, are you flirting with me right now? Stop flirting with me. That's a little bit aggressive. So that's like a low entry point for flirting because you can say, you say that to her. And then if she engages and says, no, you stop flirting with me, then you can see how she's responding to you. But if she goes, Oh, I'm not flirting. And then changes the conversation. That is a sign that she's saying, I'm not putting that vibe out to you. And that's right. not the direction that I want to take this. It doesn't mean you have to stop with the flirting. Um, it just means that anything more sexual is going to be turned down at right. that point. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I remember, uh, I have a friend and he's, 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 pre- he's pretty much a playboy and, uh, everyone loves him. Right. And he makes everyone feel good, uh, in the moment that he's with them. And I remember he was talking, uh, with this girl that I knew and I'm like, uh Oh, what's he going to try this time? And like, we were all just standing around and, uh, and he has his cup and he's like, Hey, you want to drink? She's like, yeah, sure. And then he goes, careful. It's got cooties. And I was like, Oh, and like, you could just, <laughs> you could instantly like see like her face change. Like she really liked that. And you know, it just really opened up the flirting connection between them. And I was like, huh. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that was a fun line. I've never heard that before. But it's that's subtle. Cool. That's why. It, yeah. Like he didn't say, careful, it's got sperm on Like, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah, nothing like that's weird or way out of the gate. Right. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, sorry, that's my guy. Busy. Yes, I know. Sorry. That's the downfall of doing calls over your computer. <laughs> I apologize oh, yeah. for that. Um, no but yeah, so that, that would be like an unnatural jump that many women would have closed themselves off to. Right. Right, right, and right. that's why I think, like, even even if you're, so, we on my podcast the other day, there was this one girl who was talking about she was on a date with a guy, and like in the first fifteen minutes, he started telling her the story about how his bed is on the floor at his house, and then that he brought you know one of his other dates back to his place, and how she was so against the bed being on the floor, and it was a big debate for the two of them. And like he started telling her about how they made it. It was just like a, a like a, a weird conversation that he had in mind to make things more sexual. Right. But it made the other girl very uncomfortable, and it was extremely creepy to bring up 
a recent scenario that he had had, but that was his attempt at like getting the conversation to be more sexual. And there's right. much, there's much, um, not safer, that's like a bad word for it, but there's much more better effective. way. Yeah, there's, yeah more, there's much more effective ways to steer the conversation to things that are more sexual. And then, so you can start flirting with each other. So like third person is always the best way to bring up any type of sexual conversation to start really? steering in that direction. Oh yeah. So like either looking at other people around you and saying, okay, what do you think their deal is over there? Are they together? Are they not together? Like if she starts to play back with you, you say, what do you, okay, fine. They are together. What do you think they'd be like in the bedroom together? She seems like a pouncer or, or he's <laughs> like that. So talking about something that's outside of it, cause then it's playful and fun and sexual where you guys are going to, but it's not necessarily talking about you or talking about other people. And then if something gets sparked in that conversation where she said, Oh God, he looks like, you know, he's into BDSM or something. And you go, wait, what? How do you know that? Are you into BDSM? And you can steer the conversation towards her. Right. And then she can talk about that. And then you can talk. So then it's slowly bringing it back onto the two of you. So it's like a slow, gradual, it doesn't have to, it can happen in a matter of two minutes, but it's like a baby step into, can I talk this way with you? Can you talk this way with me? Are we okay talking this way together? And it's like a slow dance up to that more sexual place. Cause then you can share, you know what? I actually did have a BDSM um, scenario happen recently. And I say, well, this is a little bit too racy for you. Are you comfortable with me sharing this? And if she says yes, and that's an even bigger sign that you can gear the conversation that way. So I, I, I think that with women, the tension and the slowness of it all is what actually turns us on most. It's if you grab any type of literatica um, where you read any of the stories that women are reading about sexual scenarios, it's always a slower build. It's not like a porn that you watch where you're jumping straight into sex. It's all okay, she's at home, this is happening, she's sipping her wine and walking around the house and suddenly, you know, there's a knock at the door. So it's, it's, it's all a much more slow and gradual build. And that's, that's the pathway that you have to follow when engaging with women. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, me and my girlfriend are super busy now and like, there's just, there's just no time. I know we have to make time. So we're trying to make time. And it's like, it's like okay, now, we're, now it just seems like we jump straight into it. Uh, whereas... No, I think it's, I think it's time to like, okay, slow down, pull it back a little bit uh, mm -hmm. and start slow again. And I think, um, I don't know, I just, in my opinion, it just makes everything more enjoyable too. And not, not just sex, but also just interactions, uh, you know, yeah, flirtatious interactions. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, uh, this is, this is one question I really wanted to ask you. What is one success story you've had that you are most proud of? Oh God, I have a million. Um, <laughs> one success story I am most proud of. Okay, there's this one guy who I was coaching in Egypt. He's from Egypt. And uh, he had been crushing on this girl in his office for three years. They'd been going back and forth and like, you know, she wasn't dating him in her eyes and he wanted to date her and it was just horrible. And so I helped coach him I'm just having to be more comfortable in his own skin and, you know, look elsewhere to see if there's another option for him. But more importantly, I coached him on how to ask this woman for what he wanted and put an end to this once and for all, whether or not she was going to do it. Um, 
And so he wrote to me afterwards and he said, Marnie, I did exactly what you said. I merged into her office and I said to her what you told me to say, then what we practiced together. And she looked at me and she said, oh my God, you're so American right now. Which <laughs> um, and then she, she said, I have to be honest with you. I've been dancing around this for so long about whether or not I want to be with you, which is why you know, it's been going on for so long. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I realize I don't want to be with you. I and the success story doesn't have to be that it, it ends up working out well. Right. Um, but I don't want to be with you. And I'm sorry that I haven't told you that sooner. And when he was writing to me, he said, I know that I didn't get the answer that I wanted, but I got an answer finally because I asked for it directly instead of tippy-toeing around it or trying to gauge from my own perspective whether or not she was interested in me. I got an answer and now I can move on. And wow. so about a month ago, he was in Los Angeles with his wife. Really? <laughs> who met, yep, who he met shortly after this scenario. And he wanted me to meet his wife because he said, you know, without me, he wouldn't have been open to even seeing that she was there. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of guys. They get so focused on this one woman that's not giving them what they want. or They're not sure if she wants it, even though at the core, you know, they know. Um, but they miss out on all these other opportunities. And so the, most of the work that, that I do with guys is to help them create more opportunities and not close themselves off to the opportunities that are around them. And this guy happened to seize an opportunity once he was free from the other stuff that he was going through with that woman. Right. Wow. That's, that's really powerful stuff. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Was, cool. yeah I and love that. that. And I get invited to, you know, weddings all the time around the world and it's, it's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really incredible. I know that, um, the main guy like that I learned uh, attraction from when I was in middle school and high school, like I'm still very grateful to him. Cause like the, the oh. lesson, uh, his name's Joshua Pelliser. I think Pelliser, yeah. You know him? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how badass. I remember his great, like, it, I'm in that program. what you are. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh my God. This is like a revelation. So funny. I feel like all this is all so long ago, but that was like my crew. You're kidding. Yeah. I love oh Josh Pell. Well, I don't know him anymore, to be well, honest. He sort of went off a different path, but oh yeah. his, his materials were wonderful and they were very, very psychology based. Yes. Everything yes. Science and psychology. It's Yeah. I learned a lot oh. from him too. No kidding. And like, and like one thing that um, <laughs> I actually tried starting a dating advice business when I was like 16, because I, I got my girlfriend. I was like, yeah, I'm an expert on this. Not true. But I did have, a, I did have one person. I think you're very good at it, to be honest. Oh, thank you. Yeah, especially for people who have autism. Like, so there's a lot of people that I work with who, who do. Um, and I, I'm not entirely sure how to coach them. Like that is right. a, a niche market that would be amazing for you. Sorry that I'm, wow. again, going through this. But I, no I think you'd be, you're because you're so wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, and it's one, it's one topic I like, I'm so passionate about and I want to share it with people who are super shy and introverted uh, naturally like yeah. me. Uh, Cause I just think it would really help them and stuff. I remember yeah. not to get too off topic, but um, I remember watching his, uh, his, his like whiteboard sales video and yeah. uh, it's really what got me into internet marketing in the first place, which is what I do for uh, our company launch. And mm -hmm. like, and like my dad was in internet marketing too. And, but like all of his, like, it was like really my first like deep dive into internet marketing was like also studying his, his business side. Cause I was like, Oh, this is so cool. It's so interesting. Um, 
I know that a lot of businesses are run very differently than they were 10 years ago, but um, yeah, really, really, really great guy. Yeah, but the interesting thing is like that internet marketing has to do with psychology. It's it does. all about, uh, and that's, that's what human interaction is about. It's what does this person in front of you need? What do they want? What do I want in the situation? What do we want to get out of this together? And it's, it's taking them on that ride. And once you start to see the world in that way, if you, you know, are a positive person and not going to use any of that information for negatives, right. then y- you can have wonderful power with people in a great way. You right. can be really outgoing. You can create lots of friendships very easily. You can pull people into your world and jump into theirs. So I think it, it, learning about internet marketing and because it teaches you about the psychology of humans, which is wonderful. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. Like the more I study the history of internet marketing, like Evan Pagan, uh, David D'Angelo from W Dating, like his name keeps popping up. They're like, oh, this is the first guy that ever built like a landing page for his, you know, his yeah, website. For that's ads. Really? Yeah. After I did, I was in one of his programs as well. Yeah. So after, cause I didn't know about internet marketing. I had started my company and it was a live service and I happened to fall into the pickup artist community cause there was no women doing right. what I was doing. Right. Um, and somebody said, Oh, you have to meet David D'Angelo. And he happened to live around the corner from me. You're kidding. So Holy I, crap. Yeah, he lived on top of, um, Oh my God, in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica, wherever. He used to live like on top of this one bakery. And so I stalked him and ended up getting a meeting with him. I forget how we got it. Oh my God. I said, I want to speak at one of your seminars, not realizing that he was an internet marketer or that his name was Evan. I had no idea. Right. Um, But when, when I went to go speak at his seminar, I was like, great, I'm in front of 300 more people. I'll get a few more clients. And then I saw all the cameras around. I was like, oh filming this and I saw all the programs and I was like, wait a second. And then people who were there started telling me about internet marketing. And I was like, this is really interesting. So I can do what I'm doing, but I can put it online. That's even better. I can reach so many more people and they can learn to do it on their own. Um, so yeah, so, so he was the first, I mean, he was the first person that I copied basically, but I I learned a lot about it from him. Now he has a crazy business on his own under the name, Evan Pagan for teaching people how to do internet marketing, but yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's so cool that, um, you know, you're all connected with, you know, in my, you know, in my head, when I was going through high school, you know, some shy kid didn't have any friends. I was like, Oh man, these guys are like my heroes. And like, you're apparently you're one of them. Like you knew all of them. Oh, geez. I was very much in that world, in that world before. Like those are the people that I hung out with. And I, I thought it was absolutely amazing what they were doing. And I learned from them both on the coaching side and then, uh, internet marketing, just so that you can get your message out there in a bigger way. Right. hundred percent agree. Um, this is, this is one question I, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you ever work with couples? I don't, I would be open to it, but that's not my skill set. Right. My skill set is giving men access into a woman's mind. I've interviewed about 7,000 women over the course of my career oh, wow. from all around the world, all different ages, all different colors, all different everything. That, that is my goal, to give men access to what we are thinking, what we want, and how we work, as well as the you know, basic skill sets they need to be able to attract women, connect women, be with women have long lasting relationships if they so choose. Um, so while I can definitely work with couples, it's not, it's not the area that I want to get. Right. Your area of expertise is like, okay, I'm going to take this guy and he's, yeah, he's going to be amazing. Help men. 
I want to help men. I don't know where this comes from or like what deep rooted psychological trauma I've had in the past that makes me want to heal the world for men. But I do see men as the underdogs of today. And that is like the most anti-feminist statement in the entire world. And many women will probably hate me for saying it, but I think it's very true. Um, Yeah. I think good guys like yourself um, are, are, you know, shunned and neglected and chained. And I don't like it. Yeah. I think I remember hearing someone say this. He was like, yeah, uh, most of the people that we work with, uh, you know, a lot of people would say like, oh, they're sleazy. They just want to learn how to get into a girl's pants. And the guy was like, no, no, no. Most of our, most of our, our clients are, are, you know, really, they're like the sweetest guys in the world, but they're, they're, they're not- themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These are the guys that women should be with. You know, like I didn't, I didn't really know much about guys like this before. I, not that I didn't know, I was definitely putting guys like the guys that I work with in the friend zone for a portion of my life. For sure. Then I met my, my husband and he was this wonderful balance of being such like a kind, nice man, but who also had a strong backbone. Right. And he just like was a man and I had never really experienced that before. I'd either had like this player jerky kind of guy or this extremely sweet kind of nice guy who I could joke around with, but felt absolutely no attraction for. And right. he was this balance of both. And then he was my model um, of how to tell guys oh. who women are attracted to. So right. the guys that I work with are these, they have this wonderful foundation of being able to be respectful and listen to women and care for women, but they also forget to care about themselves right. in the process. And so right. that's what I help them learn how to do, respect themselves, care for themselves and understand that they have a voice and they have a choice in the selection process. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of choice, um, do you suggest that guys know what they want before going into the dating pool or okay. how, how else would you figure out what you want? You, right. you can get yeah, really yeah. clear. And, and, right. and the, what I want is I want to figure out what I want. Right. And I therefore see. you go into it experiencing, you go into it being inquisitive, you go into it open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how are, are you, how, how would I know who I want to date if I've never dated anybody before? Right. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. And, you know, through the whole dating thing, you really learn what you don't want and what you do want. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's realistic and unrealistic. That's what happens when you get into relationships. You're like, wait, is it realistic to expect that this person be absolutely perfect while I'm a complete mess? No. (laughs) Right. But I think that the thing that you can have some control over is just figuring out who you are. Right. Who you, how do you want to represent yourself? And having a brand for yourself, right? right? So it's like like for you, you are adorable and quirky and oh. very inquisitive, right? And but those are wonderful things. And I right. think there are so many men who would want to cover that up. Right. They don't think quirky is attractive. They don't think that inquisitive is cool. They think it's kind of or whatever they might have feelings towards. But these things are actually the wonderful things about you. And those are the things that you have to be proud of and then present when you're out dating. And everybody knows at the core the special things about them they just don't focus on them that often instead they focus on the negatives of what they don't have and they go into a date focusing on these things and then the girl's like wait why would i like you because you you don't even like yourself and 
you think negative things about you. How am I going to think anything positive about you? And you haven't shown me these wonderful things about you. So all I have to go off of is this complacent, meek, nice guy right. that sits in front of me that makes me feel absolutely nothing. And so learning about how to express those things about you that are unique and wonderful, um, that's one of the main things that, that I help guys do. Yeah, I think that's a great point you bring up because back in high school, you know, I was with quirks and people thought I was weird. But once I really started to own it and gain like this like massive confidence, people started calling me eccentric rather than weird. They're like, man, you're so eccentric. And like people just loved being around me. And, uh, you know, it's been up, uphill ever since that. So I think, uh, I think that's definitely a very, very true message, at least, at least in my life. I've certainly yeah. experienced that on a personal level. For sure. And for me, like I used to hate being called weird. But now, huh. oh my God, you think I'm weird? Thank you. Like, yeah. That's kind of cool. I wouldn't, I feel like if you're not weird, you're boring. And so I like I'm being a, different. I hate boring. Yeah. But it's funny because when you are younger, it, it is hard to be the standout person. And yeah. as you get older, you realize that people gravitate towards that a little bit more. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. Well, uh, I think we're almost out of time here. One thing that I want to, uh, uh, again, ask was what, what, what website should these guys go to now? Let's say they're excited. They're like, ah, oh, tell me more. Where can I learn more? Uh, like we'll go what? to winggirlmethod.com slash flirt effortlessly. And you can check out my video on flirting. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Winggirlmethod.com forward slash flirt effortlessly. And uh, your podcast was the Ask Woman podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that is myself and Kristen Carney. We're the host of the show. We have about 310 episodes, or we have 310 Ooh. episodes that we've recorded. We, we release an episode every single week. Um, Kristen is a comedian, but we've been doing this for so long. She's actually becoming a dating coach for men as well. And she wow. learn how to banter. She wrote a program for me called the, the Banter Guide. because really? she. That, yeah, because that is her skill set. She knows how to quickly see the funny and the wit in a sentence being thrown at you. And she trains guys. It's really cool because um, she's a comedian. So she's been learning about how to make associations and how to twist associations and how to make them fun and funny. Um, so she's wonderful as well. And so we've been doing this show for about five or six years, something like that. And I don't even wow. know. Very long time. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a good show that you can get anywhere, any platform that you can listen to, to, um, podcasts on. So iTunes, Stitcher, uh, we're now on Spotify, um, Anchor. Oh God, I'm horrible with this. I What's the... Yeah, all of them. What, what's, what's the banter guide? I want to get, one of my goals is to get more funny. Like, like I know I'm pretty funny already, but like, I want to just like bust people. I want them like on the floor laughing. What's, what's oh, the, uh, the so winggirlmethod.com slash banter guide. Banter guide. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking your time out to do this uh, little show. You're helping out a lot of guys here and uh, I really hope I'm going to really push for them to I think you're so cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm really going to push for these guys to get these programs if they're single because I think that, uh, you know, transforming yourself from the inside out is definitely like the first step. And then of course, you know, you learn all these cool skills and strategies and they're, they're really fun to pull out of your pocket too as well. Um, so yeah, and then you're like, I have control over everybody I around. Know, it's like, Ooh. <laughs> like, what do I do now? Help yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. Well, uh, thank you so much, Marnie. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. All right, audience, if you've been listening, this was Rocket Man TV with your host, Austin James Wolf. 
And Marnie, Marnie, how do you pronounce your last name? Kinris. Kinris, Marnie Kinris. I wasn't going to try at the beginning, but I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to learn how to pronounce it. Marnie Kinris. Thank you I so know. much, Marnie. Thank you. This is great. All right. Bye-bye. Are you a guy that wants to upgrade your sexual performance using the newest advances in biotech, but don't want anything with negative side effects? Listen up. If you've been in this space for a while, you've probably heard about low-intensity shockwave therapy, or as the FDA likes to call it, acoustic wave therapy. Over time, your blood vessels down there start to build up with microplaque. This is what drags down your performance over time and is the leading root cause of erectile dysfunction. But acoustic wave therapy has been proven in dozens of clinical trials to safely break up and remove the microplaque with no side effects other than improved blood flow in that area. It can also cause angiogenesis, which means the formation of new blood vessels. So, if you get acoustic wave therapy down there, it can help reverse the effects of aging and help you get more blood flow than ever to that area. Unfortunately, you have to take time off work, take off your pants in front of a nurse, and get this treatment once a week for six to 12 weeks. And you have to pay around $500 for every treatment. That's $3,000 to $6,000. Most men couldn't afford this, or didn't live near a clinic, or were even too embarrassed to get treatment. I know this because I helped run the largest shockwave clinic for sexual performance in North America. That's right, we've done more treatments per clinic than anyone else on the continent. But we wanted to help people who either couldn't afford this treatment, or didn't live near a clinic like ours. So we teamed up with a brilliant inventor who found a way to turn this revolutionary treatment into a home use device called the Rocket that's just as effective as the $40,000 devices used in clinics around the world. Now, you can get this life-changing treatment in the privacy of your own home and at a price that's finally affordable for virtually everyone. Just go to getmyrocket.com to learn more. After we made the Rocket, we tested it on a force plate to make sure it had the same energy output as the $40,000 machines used in clinics like ours. It did. Then we tested it on ourselves. Once we knew it worked and was safe with no negative side effects, we ran our own clinical trials on our patients. Every man and their partners saw an improvement in his ability to perform in the bedroom. If you'd like to upgrade your performance in the bedroom, just go to getmyrocket.com to learn more. Forbes has already called the rocket a multi-billion dollar industry disrupting device because guys don't need the blue pill after they use it. And biohackers who are looking for that extra edge don't need to pay three grand to six grand anymore. If you'd like to learn more about this revolutionary device that's now making waves in the medical community, just go to getmyrocket.com. Doctors and urologists are now even prescribing the rocket to their patients. But you don't need a doctor's permission to upgrade your sex life. Just go to getmyrocket.com to learn more. If you'd like to upgrade your performance safely and effectively with no negative side effects, but don't want to take time off work and drive to a clinic six to 12 times and pay $3,000 to $6,000, if you'd like to avoid all that and upgrade your performance in the privacy of your own home, check out the rocket. Just go to getmyrocket.com. I'll see you there, Rocket Man.